Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome back and happy Wednesday. Okay, guys, so we're back to talk about the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City because we were not skipping a beat, even though Ricky and I are coming off of an insane weekend in Vegas. Actually, I think that Salt Lake City is really delivering. We have so much to unpack, especially one of my most interesting moments that I haven't even told Ricky about from BravoCon. Let's get right in. Before we do, go ahead, smash that like button, show some love, and let's welcome the man himself. <laughs> Hello. Hey, sister friend. How are you? My God. I'm good. It was so good to finally actually meet you in person. I know. I It was such a highlight for me because obviously I was looking forward to BravoCon for so long, right? We have been talking about it forever. And then all of a sudden, like you popped up and I was like, there he is. And we got yeah. some cute photos on the red carpet together. And you were seriously so sweet. I mean, you know, what was so funny is I tried to go get your attention because Ricky like lived in the media room because he was doing all of the work and just literally it was him and his brother and they were just working, working, working. And I was like, I have a lot of respect for this over here. But I saw where I was like, Ricky, Ricky. And then I looked over to the left and Andy Cohen was walking up to you and I was like, just kidding, bye. Yeah. <laughs> well, you act, you got a really great moment. I was actually going to ask you to send it to me. There was a funny moment where it was day two. I was working in the press room and uh, you came up and you were filming. You're like, Ricky. And I was like, hey. And like, we had a cute little moment. And I was going to try and talk to you. But then all of a sudden, Quad from Married to Medicine walked up and I said, oh, Adam, I got to go. I got to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I totally understood. And it was funny because Emily was telling me, she's like, he is working. And I was like, I know, I just wanted to, you don't understand this man owes me a cannoli. So like, I'm going to get that. And I still did not. So yes. I'm in, in Vegas, but next time we see each other, it has to be like for fun. It can't be like work involved. It has to be just straight up fun, straight up fun. Well, okay. Last night's episode, I want to ask you and everybody in the live chat, one to 10, 10 being the highest. What are you rating it? I'm going to give this like a strong eight or a nine. I was very much entertained by last night. And I think we really have Monica, Lisa, and I would throw Angie in there to thank, especially toward the end of the episode. Those three were really de uh, delivering. So yeah. it was a good episode. What did you think? Okay, I would probably give it a nine or a 10. You know, I was going to say, and I kind of said that, I said this, that I wouldn't talk about it. And I'm going to go into a, a bigger deep dive tomorrow. Jason and I are recording our behind the scenes at BravoCon and a lot that happened because it's always like, you know, it's an adventure, right? But I had this weird moment where I was at a party and I went up to say hi to one of the housewives from Salt Lake City. Ricky, I literally got ripped to shreds, like ripped to shreds over Monica Garcia, which... The thing wasn't, you know, normally like when you go into things like this, like parties or whatever the case is, you don't know how things are going to go, right? I'm being big because I'm going to save it for the members only, but just to give like some crumbs here, you don't know how things are going to go because when you talk about people, even though they put their lives out there, you still like, you have to see them in person and they know who you are, you know? Right. This particular instance, I didn't say, I love my Salt Lake City women. Mm-hmm. And I never talk bad about them, not any of them. If anything, I question Monica Garcia coming onto the show with the way that she did, but I didn't say anything bad about it. So I sit down and it was, Adam, wait, Adam. And I was like, 
yeah, what's going on? And they wanted to know why I said that I heard production was going to be casting around Monica for the new season. Yeah. So I will share this for the members only. Literally got annihilated for it. And then after I was walking away and I saw Monica sitting over there with her assistant or her friend or whoever it was. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go talk to Monica. And then Monica was like, I'm surprised that you came up to me. I thought you hated me. And I was like, Jesus. Oh my God. <laughs> like, what? But she ended up being great. I loved her. And I said, why did you think that I hate you? And, I, and she was like, because you did the Jin Shaw interview. So I just figured you wouldn't like me. And she's like, I saw you the, last night, but I said, no, I don't hate anyone. And then we had the best conversation. It was great. So thankfully. Yes. Wow, that is so interesting. Gosh, if y'all are watching and you're not a member at this point, you better become a member because Adam has the tea. <laughs> I mean, this was just, it was crazy. TT Doll, thank you so much. Hey, y'all, love you. I give this episode a nine. Hey, awesome show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I see we have lots of eights, a six. This is very specific, Vicky. Six, <laughs> okay, we will take that. And then I see up here, 7.5, 889 and another 7.5. All right. So let's dive in kind of where we kicked off. We have Angie K and Monica sitting down talking about Easter. And Monica has been very vulnerable and open about her relationship with her mother and also with her children. And I find Angie K to be very um, understanding. Like I feel like for her, she is someone who is like going to give you the benefit of the doubt. And I think that she's trying to balance because she's coming off really strong this season at the beginning, especially with Meredith and Palm Springs. But then last season, I felt like she was a little bit of a doormat. So I think she's trying to balance this. What are your thoughts? I got to tell you, so for me personally, I got to interview almost all of the ladies um, from Salt Lake City at BravoCon, and they all were seriously so awesome. Like, they were seriously so nice, each and every one of them. And I got to give credit to... Whitney, Heather, Lisa, and Angie, because they did press together and they were the only group of women who did it like as a foursome. So that's really hard to do because it's really hard to try and give like each woman a moment or try and get a question in. And especially when you're so pressed for time too. So I gotta say, they were all so much fun. They were all very, very sweet. And I feel like especially watching Angie at BravoCon with Whitney, Lisa, and Heather, like yeah. it's very obvious she's got the groove down. Like she knows what she's doing. And I think we're seeing it play out in real time on the show because like you said like last season she was a friend this season now she's obviously full-time and you know i was actually joking with my friend last night as we were watching i was like it kind of feels like the rumors about her husband are kind of going away because now these ladies are fighting about other things yeah so i feel like we're we're seeing angie really kind of find her footing more and more as the season goes on you know i i walked up to her at a different party separate from this party <laughs> and i said to her i was like you know what's so funny about you because she said hi to me and then I talked to her and I said, I have to say the first season, I didn't find you as like polarizing on the show. And I think it's because you took a step back to Jen Shaw and that's a hard person to sort of like, it's like if you put, if it's like if you put one of us next to like Taylor Swift, right? Like, it, and I'm not saying like, you know, I'm just saying someone who is like so obviously going to command your attention in in the housewives world like she and jen knew how to do that she was throwing the glasses she was screaming at you she was flipping her shit and it's really hard if you're not inherently that person to keep up with that and that's who brought her in so i said this season 
I'm enjoying you more because I feel like you stepped into the housewife role. And she brought her husband over and she came over back like five minutes later. And she's like, wait, 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 Adam, will you tell us again? So you thought I was boring. And I'm like, I didn't use the word boring. <laughs> I said, this is, God, you really have to just like be, I don't even know if you have to choose your words carefully or if it's just like, no matter what you say, it's, it's translated in a different way when you're talking with a housewife. Yeah. And you know what? I think especially because obviously when you're at BravoCon and at parties too, you know, you're hearing what a lot of people have to say. You're meeting a lot of people. And I got to imagine after a certain point being on a show like this, where you get a lot of attention, a lot of people flood your comments, your DMs. Like, I think it all just kind of blurs together at some point. Like you kind of hear certain words and they stick out more than others. So, and then anything that might like be similar to it kind of triggers it a little bit. So I'm sure Angie has heard everything upside down and backwards at this point about her being on the show, given the yeah. fact that she is such a bigger presence this season. So it doesn't surprise me that all these things come and go. But I will say like, for me, when I posted a photo of me on my Instagram story of me with the Salt Lake City women, and she reposted it, she said, it was so nice to meet you followed me like really sweet girl. So I'm really happy that I got to meet her. No, and I, I watched her with the fans too. And after the day of the ambush, <laughs> and that's what I'm calling it because they named it. It was literally like, um, it was like puppy gate, but it was the ambush. <laughs> After the ambush, I was walking back and I was, I think I was looking for you maybe. And I looked in the media room for you. And then I went to this, to the other room and I was walking past and coming out of the bathroom and I passed Angie and Angie was like, I am so sorry. Like you were ambushed. And I was like, yeah, like, that was the most uncomfortable. I And I was laughing with Emily and Jason and they're like, you're like an honorary housewife. I said, listen, I'll take it, but I'm not getting paid for this shit. Yes. I don't know if honorary housewife is a good thing. <laughs> I don't think it's a good thing. I had, and I can't wait again, members only, I have to share. I had a drink thrown on me. What? <laughs> like, yes. Wait, Ricky, when we're not on here and after, I'll share a members only. I'm not going to make you sit through members only, but I'm going to share with you everything. It was it was crazy. It was just Girl. a crazy, we Bravo conned. I know, because you and I haven't had like a proper like recap yet as to how BravoCon went. I know you told me little tidbits when I saw you the first couple of days, but for the most part, I really didn't see you all that much, mainly because I was working the whole time. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm just dying to hear it all because it sounds like it was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. You know, but I, again, you guys in the media room, it, it's just wild. So I, I get it. You guys were busy, but all right. As you're watching this season, who are you favoring between Lisa Barlow and Monica Garcia? Yeah, this is a very interesting feud that we're seeing play out in real time between these two. I think the thing that I'm struggling with is it's just a classic case of miscommunication because they're both fighting with each other over things they've seen like at parties or like in big groups and whatnot. And I think the big disconnect here is they're not really hearing each other out. I think especially because Lisa is mad at Monica for a lot of reasons, but one of the main reasons is she doesn't like the way she treated her mom at Angie's Easter thing. Yeah. But I think Monica has said it quite a few times, like, you don't know our dynamic. You don't know what my mom has put me through. You don't understand. So when you don't really know the full picture, it's kind of hard to like, listen to this argument go on for so long because it's like, you guys just don't even know what you're talking about at this point. You're not hearing each other. Like you don't understand the full optics. So I think because Lisa doesn't really know everything that Monica is going through with her mom, I feel like, she can't be so, you know, I don't want to say like aggressive, but I think so combative with her about it because she yeah. doesn't know the full story. So yes, Monica, I think treat, treats her mom a little harshly, but 
Monica's mom treats Monica really harshly too. Like it, it, it goes both ways. So I think as of right now, I'm a little bit more team Monica only because I feel like Lisa doesn't know the full story. I think these two just need to have a one-on-one -on -one away from all the noise, away from all the craziness to kind of hear each other out. And I think honestly, so one, as someone who like, I, I've had so many step parents and stuff. And I think that you do get these tumultuous relationships and it's just like they're the worst, especially trying to navigate them. But I feel like for Monica specifically, like you can see in the filming dynamics that there is something that is, th there's like an elephant in, in the room and they're trying to figure out how to have these conversations, especially with the camera in your face, which is unknown new territory. But I think that Lisa Barlow is going in on Monica Garcia the way that she is because I think that she was really hopeful that Monica was going to come in and be Team Lisa and be a puppet. And I don't think that's what you're getting with her. I was When I was talking with her, I said, you know, even though I just got like torn into because of you, I just want to say really quick, I think the point of it is, is that you have some, not all, of these women really pressed because a lot of housewives will come up with their storylines before they go into the new season. They will think of what they're going to do, who they're going to fight with. And it's very calculated. It's like the ones who come to play checkers are the ones that are canceled or taken out or they get fired, whatever. And the ones who come to play chess, those are the ones that have the longevity. And it's not so often that you have someone who is just polarizing for coming in and just being authentically who they are. A lot of times, these women try to hide things. And she came in and she's like, I got excommunicated. I had an affair with my brother-in-law. My house was foreclosed on. I'm a single mom. I don't have money. And it was like, are you going to, we're leaving nothing to the imagination, huh? You're just telling us all. And I think that's why fans either love her or they love to hate her, but they're talking about her. Very good point. Yes, because I think Monica is like on everyone's lips. And I think it even, I think even Andy like commended her and said like, I really appreciated that scene of her talking about, you know, buying a bag and feeling insecure about her wealth and stuff, because we really don't see that often on The Real Housewives. Obviously, they're supposed to be affluent and super rich and everything, but it's nice to see that they do have these insecurities. They do struggle. Um, I know for me, that's why I liked Monica right off the bat, because I feel like she was very unapologetic. She was just very honest um, about everything. And I mean, listen, at the, t at the title of the show at the end of the day is The Real Housewives. I mean, we want to see the real. And I feel like that's what Monica is bringing in a lot of ways. You know, and not just sitting here trying to like kiss anybody's ass or anything, but I think when Leah McSweeney came on to the Real Housewives of New York and she, I think that she didn't fit for many reasons, but seeing like fans really did not respond well to her not having this like opulent over the top lifestyle. You know, they just wondered why is she there? And they didn't really understand the placement of her. And I don't think as a fan watching, I've seen a couple comments where people say like, we don't want to see someone who's like crying over a bag and who's trying to figure out how to pay their bills. We want to see the Heather DeBro lifestyle, right? But I haven't seen many when it comes to Monica. And I'm wondering if it's because she was so integrated behind the scenes already, whereas Leah McSweeney really wasn't. She wasn't like, she didn't know these women. She was just kind of thrown in. Bethany Frankel submitted her name and they hired her. Yeah, it's interesting to see how casting decides who they want to cast, right? Because I agree with you. I think Monica was really so tied into this group already just because of Jen Shaw. So I feel yeah. like it just kind of made a natural thing. Plus, at the end of the day, I mean, 
episode one, Monica's introduction, I was hooked just based on her connection to Jen yeah. Shaw and her case and all of it. So no, Monica might not be the richest girl in Salt Lake City, but because she is so tied into the reality shenanigans that come with the show, it's made for very good TV. And I love it. You know, I do understand that this show is supposed to be casted on really rich women and we really can't relate to their issues. But I do think it's nice when there's a sense of relatability. I love it when I think it's actually even more amazing when women who are in a higher tax bracket can still be very relatable to like middle class, normal people, because at the end of the day, we're all human beings, regardless yeah. of how rich we all are. So I think it's interesting to kind of see, like, despite how much money this person has, like they can still go through family issues money issues like the rest of us yeah no i agree with that and so okay i want to table this and then come back to it for a second because my next question for you was whitney after sitting down with monica and hearing her side i think that whitney also went through an abusive situation that we saw on the first season with her family and certain things that she shared and also that she alluded to that she didn't necessarily want to share the full story on um, but I think that having that conversation with Monica when they were out on the snow that triggered her in a sense too, where she was like, oh, this is deeper. This isn't just like surfaced, you know, like TV stuff. And when she was getting ready for Bobby's party and, you know, getting everything ready for this, which is the funniest I've never heard <laughs> of a luau roller skating derby disco party. <laughs> whatever it was. Listen, I was just happy that the, the kid got a golf cart, okay? Yeah. But Whitney was showing a lot of compassion in that moment. And Lisa was like, I don't buy shit. I don't think anything that you're saying is, I, I don't believe her. I don't believe anything that she says. I think that the girl just wants attention. And I'm like, oh, and here is the divide. Yeah, I actually really love that Whitney was sticking up for Monica in that scene because, yeah, at the end of the day, this just comes to a place of relatability. Like, Whitney's gone through abusive situations in the past and Monica's saying that her relationship with her mom... But it's one thing, like, not only is Monica saying it's bad, we see it. Like, we see the way they're acting in public like it's a mess. Monica's talking about how her mom took the car and she had to rent a car and, like, it's a whole mess, right? I mean, we're literally seeing it happen in real time. So yeah. I think Whitney has a lot of relatability to Monica given their situation. So I was really glad that Wendy stood up for Monica in that situation. But one thing about Lisa, like when Lisa feels some type of way about somebody, like she's really not going to change. Like her mind is made up. <laughs> you know, what's so funny is I love a triggered Lisa and we're going to get to that at the end because the, you got to be careful with the hands girl. Yeah. She, and she gets up in your face too. It's like Lisa, <laughs> like right in your, right in your face. And Monica's had to call it out a few times. She's like, stop doing all this. Like, because Lisa does do that. You got to be careful. Like, you do that to the wrong person and, like, things could go crazy. Go uh, do that to Teresa Judice. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? I think a lot of people, like a Tamara, yeah, Teresa, any of the Atlanta women. It's like, don't Candace do that. Candace Bassett. Like, yeah, I mean, really any of the cast, honestly. I think uh, if you do it to really a lot of these women, like, you're, you're Go do it to it. Portia Williams, actually. That's the one. Go yeah. do it to her. The yeah. one who's like notorious for like, we dragged Kenya off the reunion floor. We beat up the girls <laughs> behind the alley at the Christmas party. Like, we're just constantly beating everyone up. So go do, like, it's wild to me. I'm like, the, it's the one thing. It's the one. And have you ever had somebody like invade your space like that? Put their hands in your face and like. No, thankfully, no. Because. Oh. 
I think we've talked about it before. It's like once somebody starts doing all that, in my opinion, you've already lost the argument because you clearly can't have a conversation because yeah. instead you are getting so riled up. You can't get your thoughts together. You are now resorting to getting in my face, putting your hands in my face. So in my opinion, you already lose the argument because you can't you can't control yourself like you're acting crazy. You're looking to pick a fight. Um, and I personally think I know technically, like, I think a fight start, well, I don't know, actually, I don't know what it's like, like in terms of the law or whatever, but I think like the rule is like, if I don't know what the rules are, but for me, it's like, if someone's going to get up in your face and like, do all this, I, I are you going to be surprised if someone swings? Like you're, you're initiating it. Like, I don't know what the line is there, but yeah. my, my, basically I'm just saying like, never initiate any type of physicality. Like you should be able to have an argument or a conversation with distance, like, you know, without getting in each other's space. We're 30 plus ladies. We gotta, I mean, and you know, it was so funny too. And I know we're going to get to this moment because I want to talk about Heather Gay for a second. But when she called Monica the Pillsbury Dough Girl, which is not funny, but Monica was like, do not call Angie that. I'm like, that's okay. This one was this is just terrible. All, all around this is terrible. But Heather Gay, I have to say, a little bit annoyed. Um, watching this, like, the still internalizing the whole Jack's mission. This is Jack's decision. You want, like, Heather has been so vocal about the fact that she wants her daughters to go go away to college, wear a thong bikini, go, you want to kiss the boys, you want to hook up with the boys, go be a good time girl, go do all of those things. And some parents wouldn't necessarily agree with that. They would right. say... This is, that is not what I want you to do. I want you to focus on your studies. I want you, like you have time for that right now. Get through college. Yes, have some experiences, but that is not the only experience. Like, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And for Jack, Jack is going to Columbia and he is going to serve his mission. And I thought it was great that his parents, Lisa and John were like, if you're not happy and it doesn't work out, then come back and that's okay. Also, the, the story of when I was in, you know, Jack, you're not always going to love your roommates. When I was in college, I had a roommate who I came back and she was wearing all my clothes because she wanted to be me. I'm like, I feel like that didn't happen. What are we saying? <laughs> you know I was what I mean? over that story. I was like, girl, you got to call campus security because that's like insane. That's like crazy behavior right, right there. <laughs> yeah. She like, what? So... <laughs> then we have, you know, Heather talking and Angie ended up dropping the ball that they went to this brunch and at the brunch is when he shared the big news. And Heather was kind of shocked still to this day that she was not invited to this lunch, right? And she's like, this is one of the biggest moments in his life. Well, you're also talking about it behind the scenes and you keep mentioning, which now he's going to see play out and the church is going to see and anyone who else, any, any, anybody else who watches the show, they're going to see that you're portraying this young man who is going on this mission to share this religion and all of the points behind it and try to get people to join the church, you're now sharing that he doesn't know what he's talking about based off of your experience and that he was never really a true Mormon. That's more damaging than you not being invited to a brunch. <laughs> yeah, I will say, um, I, I really liked kind of seeing her and Lisa talk about it at Bobby's party um, because I feel like they kind of like, 
understood. Like, I think Lisa was like, I'm not trying to exclude you by any means. I'm not trying to not invite you to these things, but based on the behavior I've seen and based on the conversations I've heard, it doesn't really feel like you would even want to be in something like that. It doesn't feel like you would really want to support that. And I think Heather was pretty like understanding. Like, I think she was kind of like, yeah, I mean, I've, she knows she's been talking about it. She knows her journey has made it hard for her to, you know, understand why kids would want to go, you know, pursue something or go on a trip or whatever. And it, it all makes sense. Um, so I think Lisa and Heather kind of handled it well at Bobby's yeah. party. Um, Cause yeah, I don't think Heather should really be surprised that she wouldn't be invited to something like that. I mean, I don't even know why she would really want to go to be honest with you. She's obviously showed that she doesn't really love the idea. So. Well, know. and then, you know what else I don't get is like, it made perfect sense to me why Whitney, after her conversation with Mary, would not invite Mary to her daughter's birthday. Right. But nobody's complaining about that because it makes sense. Exactly. Just like it makes sense that you wrote a book on how to be a bad Mormon and you're questioning everything about Jack Barlow. And then you're questioning why you're not invited to the party. What are we, Jackie Goldschneider? What's going on? I don't understand. <laughs> Jackie. It's like. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm glad that they talked it out well, because I think Heather kind of understood. She's like, yeah, I, I, that really is probably something I shouldn't be invited to. So, yeah. And then I love like the transition too. by the way, of Whitney. And now we have a jewelry line prism, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Jewelry line, which I thought was great. I thought it looked amazing. Um, that woman is hustling. Yes. Yes. We have skincare, we have Prism, we have the show, we have a whole husband who just went back to work, who's like sitting there letting the bacon like burn on the stove while he's yeah. on Instagram, which I met him by the way, super, super nice guy, but like, oh, yeah, and then balancing being a mom. Wait, did you meet all of the women who were there from Salt Lake? Yeah, I, well, I met them all. I talked to them all, like briefly though, you know, especially when I'm on the press room, I'm working for the majority of the time. The only person I'm uh, from Salt Lake, I actually had like a more of a conversation with after was Whitney. Um, I ran it like I went to like the bathroom or something. And as I came back, she was just hanging in there with like someone from her team and her husband. And so I just like gave her a hug and just introduced her to my brother. And like, we just had a, like a really sweet, quick conversation. And then that's when I met her husband and he was really nice. So it was brief, but it was really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I love Whitney. I think that Whitney's like really, really sweet. Um, okay, so you did have, because they all came together and they did the press room. And then the only person who didn't do it with them was Meredith and Monica. They did separate press. Correct. Okay, that makes sense. I feel like Meredith is like, she flies solo anyways. And Monica, obviously, this is, was not going to work with the rest of the girls at this point. Exactly. Oof, okay. All right. So now back to the argument with Lisa Barlow and Monica. I'm seeing in the comment section where people are saying it's really nasty to age shame. And we heard about it at the, well, I don't know what's worse, comparing your mom to Ted Bundy or age, shame, age shaming somebody. The, these are both really, really bad um, things <laughs> to probably do to someone. But right. I love that. I thought Lisa had a good comeback when she's like, you're going to age too, Monica. And I was like, She's, she's got a point on that. You are going to yeah, age. That's, that's something, that's the facts about all of us. We're all going to age, girl. <laughs> We're all going to age. But I didn't think that this was going to carry over the way that it did. And I love the messiness of Heather Gay to drop the bomb. And you know, Lisa Barlow didn't organically at the disco luau <laughs> birthday party 
you know that Lisa Barlow did not organically just go up and be like, what are we talking about? You know, production was like, okay, it's time for you to get in there. And then she comes up and Heather's like, well, I was just telling her that you don't believe, you told Whitney that you don't believe anything about her and her relationship with her mom. And I'm like, what? Mess. Mess. <laughs> Especially at a child's birthday party. I'm just like, wow, like we really got to be arguing everywhere we go. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a work event, a kid's birthday party, like, these housewives will get to arguing. I mean, is it entertaining? Yes, but I just think it's honestly so funny. Um, and we'll talk obviously about Whitney's event later, but just seeing like, it's funny when you see them like getting out of hands and then they try and like control themselves because of the environment they're in. It's just like, so, so crazy. What, when the sound bath and they're like, shh, and she's like, you're an asshole. Yeah, and he's like, they're whispering. And it, it was like, Jason walked down for the last like, maybe eight minutes of last night's episode. And when he did, he's like dying laughing because it's like, yeah, like, I'm like, you both are like, you guys are like children. I mean, it's great for TV. You guys know what you're doing, but this is ridiculous. So ridiculous. And then Lisa's saying, stop talking to me as they're trying to like enjoy this sound bath. And Whitney's confessional, like she knew exactly what she was doing by saying, um, don't come for my sound bath. <laughs> so funny like we're all watching this and we're like oh Whitney knew what she was doing with that line like that is so corny I can't I mean and <laughs> then you have Angie K who's like sitting there like watching a ping pong match and what I didn't understand in that moment was why Lisa Barlow was getting upset with Angie K when Angie K was just trying to I don't she wasn't even like aggressively or effectively trying to mediate the situation i think she was trying to table it and yes. be like this is probably not the best time to be having this conversation especially when you're standing in the middle of the checkout line and you have whitney over here who's like hustling her ass off trying to get people to get to the checkout line right and we're like screaming back and forth and she's like why are you saying that angie why are you saying that why and it's like angie didn't do it angie did nothing like what I think that you're redirecting your anger because you're losing this argument with Monica. So now we have to go after Angie, who's going to be And Angie's like, you know, I'm sorry. And then Monica's like, no, Angie, you don't say sorry. And I'm like, Angie, you girl, bow out of this one because yes. this, yes. I would have just walked away and said like, piss off to both of you. Like I'm done. Oh my gosh. I felt so bad for Angie during this whole argument because poor girl is trying to like keep the peace as best she can. And anything she said or did, these women got upset about. So honestly, I think that the, like the way Lisa was treating Angie really just says a lot. I think Lisa, I, I agree with you. I think Lisa was getting caught up in the argument. And I think not having Angie being like 100% like defending her, like was just triggering her. I think any little thing was upsetting her. And yeah. it was like, Lisa girl, like Angie, it's not that Angie's not on your side. Angie's just trying to keep the peace. Like she's just not trying to escalate the situation any further than it's gotten. Um, but I agree with you. If I was Angie, I would have been like, okay, any, I'm just trying to make this like stop, but you guys are now, yeah, redirecting this anger toward me and I'm not even doing anything. So I gotta go. Like if I was Angie, I would have just taken my glass of champagne and left those two crazy girls. Like they're acting crazy. Like <laughs> I'm done with both of you at this point. Like you're crazy. You're crazy. Yeah. And it's fine. I'll have independent relations. But you know what I didn't like was I didn't like the Lisa Barlow. Like if she's not going to conform to what you want as like in that moment, and she's not going to 100% back you now that she has she, and it wasn't even that Angie came with an opinion. She came with a, 
this is not the time or place. Right. And seeing that like kind of, it almost came off like only child behavior of like, no, you're not team me, then you're team no one. No, get out of my fit. And I'm like, this is, you're showing your true colors over here. You know what I mean? It just felt like this is, you you look like you're well-versed in throwing tantrums. It's such a tricky thing, right? Because it's one of those things where I almost get Lisa's point of view a little bit just because I think we can all agree, like when we've gotten into an argument with somebody or whatever, you just want support. You just, because I think I think we all can agree, like when we're arguing with somebody, we start to get our in our own heads about like what we're saying or what we're doing or what we're thinking. And then we kind of just like lose control a little bit. And I think yeah. sometimes you're really looking for support from someone who might be an outside person of the argument or another person that's there especially if they're your friends and if they don't show you like complete loyalty i think it kind of like heightens the insecurities more like well why aren't you defending me like i think it's all kind of like an internal thing yeah uh, and then to see her talking to monica after the argument like i think in lisa's mind she's thinking like what the heck like now you're like going to her like you're talking to her like why aren't you coming with me so i can kind of understand given how tense the argument was your mind could kind of go through these things but I also agree with you. Like, if you were to look from it from a bird's eye perspective, it's like, girl, Angie's not doing anything to you. She's not trying to pick a side. She's just trying to keep this peaceful. So don't like now cause another issue with Angie because you you might make a, you know, you might make the situation worse because Angie could turn around and say, girl, I'm not doing anything wrong. Why are you treating me crazy? Then it could become a whole other disaster. Well, and you know, the thing about Angie though, too, is I feel like there's like two sides of her because she can be so calm and let the women like, kind of bulldoze over her and be a little bit of a doormat. And then you see the ability where she's like all up in your, like, especially with Meredith, like she is all up in your face and she's in your grill. I'm listening, girl. I've had a long weekend, a long week. I'm- hey. <laughs> no, I know, I know. But no, I, I do feel like there are two totally different sides of her. And, you know, I think going i so i know that there's about to be a huge divide going into the end of the season um you know about this i well i i can only pick up on hints from what i talked about with the ladies at BravoCon, and as we kind of see throughout like the trailers and stuff like it's obvious that these women like yeah there's a divide but i don't know exactly what happens i can't wait for the reunion i yeah. just want to skip ahead it's i'm like see we're on episode nine and did you miss mary cosby in last night's episode was she even in last night's episode? I don't think so. No, I don't think she was in the uh, the episode. I mean, but she is a total friend of, so, and she's obviously not going to go. Whitney, two of the events last night were Whitney's, and that's yeah. clearly not going to happen, so. Right, right. Sorry, Mary Cosby, you didn't get paid for last night. Oh, well, I'm curious if she's going to be, I'm assuming she'll be invited to the reunion, because I don't think she was invited to BravoCon, which I find interesting. I don't know why she wouldn't be, but. I don't think that it wasn't that she was. I don't think she was not not invited to BravoCon. I think that she probably kind of like Jenna Lyons chose not to go to BravoCon. But I well, think that someone, someone commented on her Instagram saying, "Are you going?" and she replied, "I wasn't invited." Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I saw that on Twitter. So I don't know what that could be about. I wow. I want to use this to thank you all for your prayers. P.S. The Lisa's always crazy. Cra- uh, yeah, cray cray. Yep. Thank you, TT doll. Um, I would have thought that they would have absolutely invited her because you don't know what's going to come out of her mouth. And if you put her on a panel with like a Dorinda, a Teresa, and all of them, I thought that that would have been amazing. By the way, I was watching your clip 
this morning with Phaedra defending Brandy. And I was oh. like, it was wild. I got some great moments on that red carpet. I'm very grateful. Everybody who chatted with me, thank you so much. There were some really great moments. But yeah, speaking of Mary, like even my brother and I were talking, we were like, I don't even know if this is something she would want to do. Like, it's it's a it's very intense, like the schedules that these Bravo celebrities have for BravoCon and even just press. I mean, going down the line, like getting question after question after question from a different reporter, a different reporter. Like, I don't even know if Mary would want to even do all of that. I don't even think that's really her vibe. So mm. I don't think she even really wanted to go, to be honest. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe she did, but I feel like she wouldn't even want to do something like that. Yeah, no, I kind of feel the same way. I feel like she wouldn't have been, I feel like it, it wouldn't have been a good fit. And I feel like she would have gotten extremely um, bored with, well, I, I don't know if she would have gotten bored or just annoyed, you know? Yeah. She doesn't even like going on cast trips or doing things with the group of ladies. I don't think she's going to be super excited about meeting a bunch of people at BravoCon. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, guys, well, we will be back um, next week to, uh, of course, continue the conversation when it comes to the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And like I said, at the beginning of this, I will be doing a members only with Jason tomorrow. We're just kind of, I have family coming in town. So we're trying to get our life back together. Like that's why Ricky's yawning. He's trying to get his life back together. Yeah. All of the things. But Ricky, if they don't know, I just had to steal Jason's computer and try to, uh, because... I was coming on here, guys, and I was pre-recording, and my computer died, and that's why it was going slow. And I was oh, like, Jason, give me your computer. I don't have it up here right now, but you guys, listen to Ricky. He'll tell you where you can find him, and I will put it in the description of this video. Yes, thank you for doing that. Yeah, just follow me everywhere at Ricky Cornish. If you're looking to see some really fun BravoCon moments, you've got to go to my Twitter. A lot of clips popped off. A lot of the clips that did really well were Atlanta-based um, you know, stars, so Phaedra from Married to Medicine, Real Housewives of Atlanta, and then even like the Potomac ladies, those clips did the best on my social media. Um, and we mainly, I just asked these women about what they think about a reboot, the Real Housewives of Atlanta women. Um, and as Adam talked about, I also asked Phaedra about Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, what's going on with Brandy. I asked me. What, what oh, did they think about the reboot? Mixed. Um, most of them said they were all for it. A couple said not really. Um, so definitely go to my Twitter to see which ones <laughs> because it's it's interesting. Wait, was Grusador there? No. She was not there. Interesting. I think, I think her and Jenna Lyons were the two noticeably missing housewives. And, and Mary, but she's not a full-time, so. Yeah, because I saw Sonia in her little Prego belly. Yeah, all the other Atlanta women were there. The other five. So I got to chat with all of them on the red carpet. And so I asked them what they thought about a reboot. And so it was interesting to get their different opinions on that. So definitely go to my Twitter at Ricky Cornish to check out, check all that out. Um, but yeah, everywhere else you can just follow me, TikTok, Instagram. You'll see a lot of crazy stuff. <laughs> yes. All right, guys. Well, I have so many other videos dropping for you today. And I will be posting in the community tab for you guys to vote in some of the polls. The one that I dropped this morning was Margaret and Jackie. So go vote in the polls. And we will see you well, I'll see you tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern with Kiki for the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills recap. I love you guys. See you next time. Bye, guys. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.